1989, a small town on the northwest coast of Tasmania made headlines across the country. The town was called Olverston, and the media branded it as the most homophobic town in Australia. At the time, Tasmania was in the grips of a fierce and vitriolic debate about whether to decriminalise homosexuality. Anti-gay rallies sprang up across the state, but the first, the biggest, and the most infamous was held at the Olverston Civic Centre. And that very building is where two women decided to get married three decades later. Yeah, we're going to reclaim the town hall again. <laughs> 18 years ago, Trish Bock met the love of her life at a party. And I'd just been through a bit of a hard time about coming out and um, people wanting me to hide and in walks this beautiful woman to this party and she starts handing out invitations to a new service that was opening in Devonport called Working It Out. The woman was Sally Marks and she remembers just how eager Trish was to talk to her. She was kind of chasing me round with a glass of water trying to give me a glass of water. Because <laughs> she asked for one. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, that was my come on one. Yeah. <laughs> I could drink. <laughs> and then uh, after that night, we went out for a drink, just to you know, I suppose it was a date, really, wasn't it? Yeah. And Trish had this good pickup line that she wanted to use on someone. <laughs> I've been so, reading this book. <laughs> so she said she was interested in my heart, my mind, and my political sensibilities. <laughs> both of the women had previously married men and both lived on the northwest coast when the anti-gay rally was held at the Olverston Civic Centre. Yeah, there was a lot of hate on the northwest coast at that time. And, um, yeah, the, um, it was in the newspapers, like the Advocate was reporting on it and it was in the t on the TV and... Um, it was scary to open the paper because there'd be all these letters in the letters to the editor, things like um, keep those people away from my grandchildren, and you know, really, really horrible letters. It was scary to open the paper, wasn't it? I used to yeah. get scared. Yeah, and the, and of course, it was a local councillor that was running it too and I don't know, you expect a bit better from people in those positions. Being in a gay relationship in the northwest coast wasn't easy, even after Tasmania had decriminalised homosexual acts in 1997. But Trish and Sally supported one another, and they finally had the opportunity to get married when Australia legalised same-sex marriage in 2017. But their proposal was somewhat unconventional. I don't know when we did actually propose. I mean, we used to have this conversation about someone say, we need a new vacuum cleaner because I've got this, oh, I'll put it away now, a really old vacuum cleaner, a big, heavy from the ark, A vacuum cleaner from the ark. Yeah, from the ark. But it was, it was a big, heavy thing and made a backache. And so I used to say, um, that she hated it, and I'd say, oh, well, when we get married, 
Yeah, when oh. we can get married, we'll get a new vacuum cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a wedding present. Yeah. Yeah, so we watched the we watched the vote on TV and you know when it went through Parliament mm. and um, oh, yeah wonderful. and Trish said oh or one of us said oh well we'll get a new vacuum cleaner I have to get married now because we're going to get a new vacuum cleaner yeah. Trish married Sally at the Olverston Civic Centre on October 6. The guests at the wedding included Tasmanian LGBTI rights advocate Rodney Croom and his mother Beverly. The pair were invited to the wedding so they could perform a healing ceremony, a ritual to cleanse the Olverston Civic Centre of its dark past. My message will be one of hope. That's Rodney a few weeks before the wedding, talking about what he wants to say during the healing ceremony. It'll encourage people to always um, stand up to prejudice and stand up for what's right. Um, because if, if we do, then history will bend in the direction of justice. Rodney grew up on a dairy farm in northwest Tasmania, but he was living in Hobart at the time of the anti-gay rallies. Tasmania was the last state to have laws that criminalised um, sex between men. Uh, and it was also the state with the, the strongest penalties, um, the, the maximum penalty for being a man in a same-sex relationship was 21 years in jail. They, they were very unjust laws and they'd been um, enforced right up until the 1980s. Uh, so when, when I came out in the, in the uh, late 80s uh, and there were other young gay people who came out at the same time in Hobart, um, we were determined to see those laws removed. Um, and we formed a small group and we set up a small um, stall at Salamanca Market to gather petitions, petition signatures. Um, I don't think we realised then, though, exactly what kind of backlash there would be to something as simple as setting up a, a stall. The Hobart City Council uh, didn't like the fact that we were there. As one councillor said, it, it wanted to remove all homosexuals from its so-called family market. Um, and so I brought the police in and had us all arrested. As a citizen of Hobart and a citizen of the state of Tasmania, and a citizen of the Commonwealth of Australia, I do not believe that I have any need to leave Salamanca. You have refused to leave this area. You are now under arrest for trespass. And over seven weeks, um, at the end of 1988, 130 people were arrested in defence of that store. Um, it was a harrowing time. Rodney and his fellow advocates eventually won the right to have their stall at the Salamanca markets. But the fight for equality had only just begun. The following year, the Tasmanian government announced plans to decriminalise homosexual acts. And that was really a bridge too far for many people unfortunately, um, uh, and only a couple of months later uh, we saw the start of anti-gay rallies in Tasmania. Now, this is something that never never had occurred anywhere else in Australia. Um, this was unprecedented. What we saw was hundreds of people gathering in a town hall um, uh, with speakers up on the stage demonising LGBTI people in the worst possible terms, stirring up hate and violence against us. And the crowds just 
cheering them on and, and chanting, kill them, kill them. It was absolutely awful. Uh, and the first of those rallies occurred in Alveston in, in middle of 1999. Hundreds filed through the doors well before the meeting was due to start. The biggest ever turnout at Alveston Civic Centre. A small but obvious police presence seemingly enough to keep the sometimes volatile emotions in check. It attracted national media attention. The main theatre was jam-packed and the crowd spilled over onto the stage. Rodney and other advocates from the south of Tasmania hired a bus and drove up to Olverston to ensure their voice was heard at the anti-gay rally. I don't know what to expect at the meeting tonight. Um, I expect we probably won't be uh, permitted to speak. Um, but even so, the major point about that is that we'll be there. That's Rodney speaking to a TV reporter in 1989. What he doesn't say in that interview was how heart-wrenching it was to see the people that he grew up with and his own relatives attend that rally. He also doesn't mention how LGBTI advocates were treated by those who opposed reform. People would sneer and laugh at us and yell at us and throw things at us, like you said, rotten vegetables, spit at us. Hatred was often fueled by community leaders and politicians like Tasmanian MHR Chris Miles. Here's him speaking at the Olverston rally. The act of homosexuality is unacceptable in any society, let alone a civilised society. You either react to that by walking away and saying this is too hard, you have faith in your fellow human beings and you stay there and you say it doesn't matter what you say to me or what you throw at me or how often you spit at me we're all people we all deserve respect we all belong to the same community we all belong here in Tasmania and you're not going to force me out so you will have to deal with me you'll have to talk to me because there comes a point where you can't spit any longer you can't yell and harass anymore We'll have to sit down and we'll have to talk. The rally at Olverston was just one event in the long fight for equality in Tasmania. It was a fight that went to the highest levels of government, to the United Nations Human Rights Committee, and even into the comedy routines of people like Andrew Denton. Good on the Tassie government, and they're smart. Oh yes, they're smart. I mean, if you want to stop men having sex with other men, what better way than to put them in jail for 21 years? I think a lot of people were very embarrassed by these rallies and um, actually pushed away from the anti-gay cause because of how uh, emotionally violent and angry these rallies were. And those people, who might not otherwise have got involved, actively reached out to us and started a conversation about why gay law reform mattered and why we should all get along with each other as Tasmanians. Um, and that's where things began to turn around. Things have definitely changed in Tasmania. It went from being the last state to decriminalise homosexuality to the one with the second highest yes vote during the same-sex marriage campaign last year. And the story of how that change happened has been told in a new play opening in Hobart this month. Well, basically, it's a story of uh, community. That's Campion Descent. He wrote the play. It's called The Campaign. So here you had a, a community of people, people that were uh, agitating for change. Um, 
So it's kind of, in one sense, a bit of a David and Goliath kind of story. And uh, I was immediately fascinated by that idea of a community fighting for their rights and for change and the fact that it was so peaceful in terms of, you know, grassroots activism, really. The campaign starts in 1988 with the arrest of LGBTI advocates at Salamanca Markets. I mean, the Salamanca Markets is this tiny little pocket handkerchief in another pocket handkerchief of Australia. And yet you have this story that emanates out of there and goes all the way to the United Nations Human Rights Committee, goes all the way to the High Court, goes all the way to the Federal Parliament, goes all the way to the State Parliament. It's quite an extraordinary story in that regard. So the, the sort of the dramatist in me said, this is gold, uh, this, is, this, is, this is a tale worth telling. And I think over time it's a tale that runs the risk of being forgotten uh, perhaps even in Tasmania, but certainly on the mainland. I mean, I tell people in other places, in Sydney and Melbourne and wherever, and they go, oh, really? Did this really happen in our own backyard? So we, we run the risk of losing those stories, the fabric of, of the diverse stories of Australia. So, you know, for me, it was a no-brainer that it was, it was very rich material. Campion wrote the campaign by quoting leaders of the LGBTI rights movement, parliamentary transcripts and media reports. Rodney Croom, Christine Milne and Bob Brown were all interviewed. So was Rodney's mother, Beverly. Here's the actor playing her. One night I drove over to a meeting somewhere where he was talking to church people and there were two security people there who they'd got in, policemen, and this man was saying the usual horrible rhetoric. You know how they do. And I said, how dare you say that? All eyes shot up to me. And, of course, Rodney and his lot looked at me. And the policeman come running. I said, are you saying these people come from outer space? I said, they're our sons. Our sons and daughters. Grandsons and granddaughters. Nieces and nephews and cousins. I said, they belong to people. Campion said that everyone he interviewed for the campaign mentioned Olveston and he devoted a significant amount of time in the play to the anti-gay rally there. It was really a, a moment, I think, in time in that whole campaign where the, they realised what they were up against and just how far they had to go. And so it was a real moment of, I think, as, as, as Rodney or, or one of them said, of, of sort of walking into the lion's den and going, oh dear, how the hell are we going to turn this around? Uh, and then we, we come out of that and basically show, I guess, how it was turned around in terms of um, media, uh, government, but most importantly, uh, support from community, people going enough is enough. We don't want to live in a society where, where this, this, this activity is criminalised. It's hard to see any trace of Olveston's homophobic history when you visit the town today. But local councillor Amanda Diprose hasn't forgotten the past. Last month, Councillor Diprose was able to pass a suite of initiatives at council to help foster equality and inclusion in the community. Her proposal included covering the bridge into Olveston with rainbow lights during Pride events and planting a memorial tree. had to be very careful putting that forward, Lachlan, because I had to make sure that it was going to be a motion 
that was going to be about progress and not be about focusing on, on the past and what had happened. However, having the tree planting and a plaque will give people somewhere to go and grieve if they have lost family members or go there and think of family members who have had to move away or felt they had to move. Not many people attend council meetings at Olveston, but the public gallery was packed when Councillor Diprose introduced her proposal. The night I put the motion forward was very uh, emotional, but I had so there was so much support for the motion in the gallery and to turn around and see there was five or six teachers. There was a couple of people who had lost family members because they were ostracised by their families because they were gay and they had to move away and one of them had actually gone and committed suicide because he had no support. So it was wonderful to have those people there. Sad that they had to be there, but it was great to think that we could all be part of change and make our community a better one. And hopefully that people have felt that they've had to move because of their sexual sexual orientation could come back um, and be welcomed by the community. To see people, you know, growing and changing about that, that's amazing. That sort of gives you real faith in people. That's Trish again. She was one of the people who watched the council pass the new equality initiatives. She said this action and Tasmania's high yes vote in the same-sex marriage survey revealed just how much things have changed at Olveston. And I, and I think it shows how it's a, a process rather than an event, an event that people can and do slowly change their minds about things. It's always, it's always wonderful uh, going to a wedding. That's Rodney Croom again. And, and I've known Trish and Sally for a long time, so there's also a personal It's wonderful to see them as a couple. Um, confirming their commitment to each other when they've been together for so long and and um, and brought such joy to their own worlds and the worlds of so many other people. Um, but what makes this even more special, of course, is that it, they've decided to have their wedding in the Olsen Civic Centre, <laughs> which was the site of that very awful first anti-gay rally in 1999. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's just so emblematic, so symbolic of the changes which, is, which have occurred that this place, which was synonymous with, with hatred and homophobia um, back then and for many years after, um, this place which was mocked in the national media, <laughs> Alderston that is, mocked in the national media for being the most homophobic town in Australia, and now, 30 years later, here we have two wonderful women who have contributed so much to the community there on the northwest coast, um, who have made such a difference in the lives of so many people, being able to confirm their love and commitment to each other in that very place that was synonymous with hatred and exclusion. Um, 
it's so very symbolic of how far the LGBTI community has come, how, how far Alveston and Tasmania have come, and of course how far the nation has come. Um, and it, most of all, I think, it's a vindication for me that what we did back then, going to have vigils outside of those anti-gay rallies and showing people that we weren't going away and that, like I said, as the, as the banner said, talk to us, not about us, that that worked. That we were right in deciding not to walk away from the hate, but to confront it. As difficult as it was, um, it was the right thing to do, and it worked. It created a better Tasmania. Healing the Hate was brought to you by Fairfax Media and The Advocate newspaper. I'm Lachlan Bennett. Thanks for listening.